When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. But somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Back Pain Solutions features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better back health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back the smart way. Okay, welcome back to the Back Pain Solutions podcast, everybody. I'm Ben James, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Jacob Stain. Hello, Jacob. Hello, Ben. Thanks, as always, everybody, for dropping by. We appreciate your ears. We appreciate you listening. We hope you're enjoying the content and you're getting some value out of it as we try to help people to resolve their low back pain. Today, we're talking about lower back pain relief products. Last time, we talked specifically about back belts, and we thought it'd be a good opportunity to follow up with that and talk about some of these other lower back pain relief products. What are they? What are some of the things that are out there on the market? Do they work? Should you be considering them? And will they help you with the management of your low back pain or even just improving your posture, which is how some of them are marketed? So, Jacob, let's jump straight in. What are some of the things that you've seen before, some of the things that maybe patients have discussed, requested information about, or potentially even come in to see you wearing or using already? So quite often the things that I see are things like the foam roll or a posture corrector, you know, pulling the shoulders back when you sit or maybe a low back support. And what I quite often speak to patients about, uh, and some of them have it, is the, the sit-stand desk. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Becoming more popular, it seems. Yeah, it, it becomes more popular and I think people are becoming more aware of what it can actually mean for them, especially if they sit the whole day, five days a week behind a computer. Yeah, absolutely. And when you say back supports, you're, you're talking specifically about kind of other back braces in addition to the back belts or you're talking supports for maybe seated posture, something that goes behind the chair or maybe sit, is for it, your, the seat of your car or a bit of both, I guess. I, th I think for this podcast, it's better that we stick with uh, the lower back support when you're sitting in a chair. So specifically a support, a lumbar support, so a low back support that gives, I suppose, support to the low back, not allowing you to slouch sure. when you're sitting in a, in a normal chair or maybe in a car chair. Yeah, so we're not talking about back braces, you know, like with other joints in the body, you get all these different back supports that you can kind of wrap around and maybe it's a Velcro attachment that, that is around that low back. Very similar, I guess, to to back belts, but a variation of a little bit more maybe generic, uh, there's elastic ones, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not talking about those today. We're talking about back supports for seated posture for maybe driving that help to keep you or keep that spine in a more neutral position. We'll also talk a little bit about some of these other stretching devices. You mentioned foam rolls. There's other uh, kind of wooden configurations of these things that you arch your back over, for example. Yeah, the back stretcher. Back stretcher, yeah. Plastic variations of that that we see a lot on Amazon, various different colors, different um, kind of configurations of the same thing. And then also there's some newer technologies, some of the things... Um, I think one called the Lumo, for example, that, that fixes to your low back or, in fact, this one, uh, you clip onto your, your T-shirt or your top and it sends a, a message to your phone that 
you're slouching forward, for example. So it's designed to help improve that posture or make you more aware of that posture. So we'll talk a, a little bit about each of those and then maybe talk a little bit about some of the research or lack of uh, research uh, regarding those products because they're not specifically medical devices. So do they need evidence? And actually, you know, is that a problem? So with regards to the back stretcher, Jacob, you know, we've we've seen foam rollers before. Foam rollers are pretty um, useful and diverse in what, what we can use them for. Uh, but I think we we have a, a, an opinion on those on those foam rollers and how they can be used beneficial. What are your thoughts on on the foam roll? Yeah, I I use the foam roll ideally for improving upper back mobility. Yeah, so, so through the thoracics, the kind of mid upper back. Exactly, and then I'm not even talking about rolling the spine across the foam roll. I mean more in a fashion where you're sitting on the foam roll and you just recline backwards. So the foam roll is lying along the length of your spine. So it's actually pushing against the spine. And so it helps you to extend, to bend back without you forcing it, of course. But what a, what a lot of people do is they actually roll. Yes. Uh, and, and that's something we should discuss, I think. Yeah, because what you're saying is is have that foam roller kind of vertical or parallel to the spine. But actually, I think an important uh, piece of advice for people is when, you, when you're doing that, really the base of the spine, that, that kind of sacrum just uh, above the buttocks, and also your head should ideally be in contact with that foam yeah, roller. Exactly. So actually, if you, if you turn that foam roller so it's uh, horizontal, then the problem with that is you're really arching your head and your back right the way over. And that can be pretty uncomfortable for people. And I think not only uncomfortable, I think we, we can talk about what it, what it does to the spine. Oh, so let, let's talk about that. I mean, the goal of rolling the foam roll, like you said, horizontally along the spine, the idea there is actually to create more movement. And that the, the, the perception is that that movement will allow more extension, more bending backwards if you want to with your upper back so it will allow you to stand more upright but there's a danger there's a danger with that and that is that you at the same time are likely to create more mobility which relates more to an instability between the vertebrae of your spine and that's not what we want to do and so what I see a lot of people do with that is not only roll the upper back, but they also roll the foam roller, foam roller horizontally uh, at the lower back, at the lumbar spine. So, and that's, that's absolutely something we want to avoid because then you're really working on a lot of instability and we don't, we don't want that. Yeah, because uh, and the point here is that actually within the lower back, as we've talked about before, a lot of what we're trying to do is stabilize those joints and stabilize the structures around the lower back, because often it's a hypermobility that is the problem and it's an instability that is causing that discomfort and ultimately causing that injury. But actually, when it comes to applying the use of a foam roller, we're targeting the mid upper back because often restrictions there and a lack of mobility there can have a negative effect on the lower back so we're trying to look at it exactly a little bit more holistically 
in terms of the spine as a whole, stabilize the lower back, try and improve mobility in the upper back. And obviously the problem with a, a, a poor application of that foam roller is, yeah, maybe we improve mobility in the upper back, but we're actually having a negative effect on the lower back and therefore you'd be better off not doing anything at all because you're just upsetting or aggravating the problem. I think it's it's safe to say that if you go in hard and aggressive, you're more likely to cause a problem than when you gradually take a very, you know, taking a very slow, tempered approach. And I think if you if you would roll the upper back or the lower back, especially the lower back, something I do not recommend with a foam roll, then you can quite often go in very hard and aggressive. And too much movement between two vertebrae is going to lead to maybe an irritation, but also maybe, like we just said, like just an instability, an unwanted movement uh, that would cause irritation. Yeah, exactly. And I think this comes back to a lot of people will experience a tightness and stiffness in the muscles in the lower back, which are often, you know, is often a reaction to a problem there that they're trying to help to stabilize or those muscles are trying to help to stabilize the back in some way. And actually, like you say, and often fitness enthusiasts will, will go at that aggressively with a foam roller to try and really loosen up those muscles. But you've got to think about the reasoning behind that problem being there and actually taking more of a, a, a kind of safe rehabilitation um, or thought thought through shall we say rehabilitation program will allow those muscles to relax without directly kind of massaging or vigorously kind of rolling those those muscles so we've got to think of the the underlying problem there rather than trying to get a quick relief you know this is as with any uh, kind of a rehabilitation approach to low back pain and management of low back pain it's got to be a patient and well uh, managed approach because you, you just don't get quick results you know as we've said before you do, you don't suffer from low back pain very often just because of a, an acute event so why will a, a kind of a quick vigorous approach solve that problem it, it won't so yeah. foam roll is not a bad thing we're saying but they've got to be applied in the right way that's the take-home message exactly so take that foam roll and and when you're using it just ensure that the the very base the the base of the spine that kind of flat bone sacrum is in contact with the foam roller and make sure your head's also in contact with the foam roller so you need to get the right one and just relax allow that up, mid upper back to just relax backwards over the foam roller and maybe spread your arms out to the side make that kind of angel uh, position but don't force that stretch we're not saying force your body over that just allow it to relax deep breath in deep breath out and allow that body to relax over that foam roller this is to encourage some movement it's not to really force or push any movement through the low back so foam roller not necessarily a bad thing just got to be used in the right way so what about some of these new devices jacob what, what are your thoughts on those kind of posture related devices or i've seen another one that that you can actually stick to the lower back and what that's trying to do is you're, you're in a neutral position and then as you bend forward or you flex out of that neutral position, you get feedback from this device that, that you're kind of use it, losing that neutral position within your spine. So 
first thoughts or immediate thoughts might be, well, that could be a good thing. Yeah, I think it's a tricky one because, like you say, uh, the, the first impression you get is is that it's a good idea because even if it's not just pulling you into a better position, it's telling you when you go out of a good position into a bad position. But the problem I have with especially, well, any any posture corrector is, you know, we want our posture to be dynamic. We don't want it to be a static, perfect posture the whole time. We'd like it to we'd like it to alternate between if you're sitting, you know, you want to slouch a little bit, you want to sit upright, you want to uh, move your bum forward and really recline back into your chair, especially when your spine is healthy. When it's a different story when we have an injured back. But the point is that if we use a posture corrector that's giving us feedback, for example, if it's that advanced and you're getting feedback the whole time, forcing you into the perfect posture, then that perfect posture, if it's continuous, is going to be a problem. Yeah, sure. Okay, so this is interesting because therefore potentially this could be this could be beneficial for somebody that has a real lack of awareness of of what a neutral spine is and what a healthy position of their spine is or indeed has suffered from injury or suffering from back pain. This could be something or a tool that could be beneficial at the outset or initially for a period of time, are we saying? Or are we saying avoid them at all? Yeah, like I said, I said tricky in the beginning because, again, I, I, I think, you know, if you think about it, you could you can imagine that someone in that position would benefit from it. But I would rather want to see someone having that awareness, that self-awareness by themselves, you know. So... Maybe if you have an injury or you're recovering from something that you you set a timer on your computer or your laptop. So after 20 minutes, you, you change your posture or you might take a micro break or you get up and you do a specific stretch that's activating the muscles that are not being used when you sit down. And that that's much uh, an active approach, as you know, Ben, that, that's much better than rely. I think. People, my feeling goes out to you've got a posture corrector and that's going to solve the problem. That's going to solve the problem. So you put all the expectation of getting better or solving the problem on this posture corrector. And I think that's, that's, yeah. So there's a danger, there's a danger this becomes a bit of a crutch or it becomes a bit of a, again, a gimmick that's going to give you a quick result or is going to solve the problem as opposed to the realities of having to invest some time in learning what it healthy neutral spine is and learning to activate the muscles appropriately and learning to brace appropriately and building or endurance in that core muscles appropriately that takes time it takes effort and so people maybe think well if i can use a device and it's going to do things quickly then yeah yeah, and don't and, and don't forget the micro breaks no. Yeah, for sure. And also the other the other element, I guess, we're, when we're looking at these devices is we've got a. I, I'm not aware of a um, a service that comes with these devices that ensures that actually you set that at the right kind of baseline, shall we say, in terms of neutral spine. So if you're attaching that product to your back and you are bent forward or in a flex position that is not necessarily healthy 
and that you consider as neutral and the right posture to be in, then that's a problem because all the time you're trying to get yourself into a bad posture rather than a good one. So there's another yeah. element to it that, that that is also important to consider. But I think like you say, it's we don't want we, we want people to understand their back and understand the importance of neutral spine and learn what that neutral spine is. And by putting reminders on your phone throughout the day to sit up straight and to just have that micro break, that's going to be far better than having a device that's going to potentially keep you in a sustained posture and potentially a sustained poor posture. There's there's another point that I thought about, and that is actually the illusion that you're being pulled upright by especially an upper back posture corrector because it's pulling the shoulders back but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're extending through the thoracic spine so it doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually becoming more upright when you pull the shoulders back and i see that with a lot of my patients i you know they say oh is this a good posture and the first thing they'll do is pull the shoulders back and then my typical reply would be look i don't want you to pull the shoulders back because that's just as taxing on the muscles between the shoulder blades than it would be, for example, if you had tight pecs or chest muscles in the front. So sure. coming coming back to that, that good posture that you just talked about, we want extension. We want you to lift the chest bone into being more upright and doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the shoulders. And I think that's what people see is they see, oh, this this, this posture corrector is pulling my shoulders back and then I think oh, that's going to help me to, to be more upright and that necessarily isn't being upright. No, exactly, exactly. So, there, I mean, I think the, the take-home message with regards to some of these devices then is that they're not going to necessarily be a huge risk for you in terms of causing injury. Previously, we talked about back belts and actually they can increase your risk of a bad injury if indeed you haven't suffered from a back problem previously these devices aren't necessarily going to do that there's certainly no evidence or research i've read that that could lead to that but it's trying to use a product for a quick fix rather than investing the time to learn and understand the body and and you need that education and that knowledge again that's hopefully whether some of the information and content we're sharing on the on the website comes into play to help with that journey but the take-home message really here is that you're probably wasting your money with these devices really and and if you invest the time you're going to get a much better result exactly go for the active approach take your time hire somebody if you need to to help you to figure that out and once you've learned that and you understand your body then you will take that with you with yourself in, in everything you do sure okay so let's let's move on to talk about some of the back supports for for your seated posture for example we know there's some some good ones out there the mcgill low back support for example um, which is a device that really you your when you're in a seated posture goes in that base of the back and you can you can pump it up so you can put more air into that cushion to support the the variations of uh, lordosis within the spine we're not all the same so some of us have more of an arch in that lower back than others um so what are your thoughts on on those kind of devices, Jacob, in terms of that supporting that seated posture? I I personally think they're great. I have one. I have the McGill low back support, and or at least the one that's recommended by by Professor McGill, and it really makes a difference. It re- I really feel like I'm getting 
that support, you know, at my lower part of my spine when I sit in a chair. The only the only thing I have to say about that is that um, what I have sometimes with some of my patients is they they'll drive quite far and they'll say, oh, you know, I I use it for a little bit and then it was uncomfortable. Just as you would sit in a normal chair in front of a desk, if you've sat for maybe half an hour, 40 minutes with a lumbar support and it becomes uncomfortable, it probably means that you need to move. Well, I was going to say, my, my I was going to play devil's advocate and say, well, why why should a low back pain support for for sitting in a chair be beneficial when something like one of these kind of posture related devices that helps to keep you upright is we're saying avoid but what you're saying again is that you know maybe it can be uh, part of a rehabilitation program but it again is not something that is just going to solve your problem absolutely not it's i think you need to to see it as a support uh, to the type of chair that you have, you know, or uh, the type of body type or spine you have. And some people will feel that it's it feels great, and other people will say, "Well, you know, I really it doesn't feel nice." Yeah, and it's interesting because I think, you know, despite the advances in technology, I still haven't come across many chairs that ha- have a really good kind of ergonomic structure, as it were, or design to support that lower back so you know something like this particularly for people that are sat at desks a lot of the time this this could be a real benefit as as well as in uh, driving in the car and particularly if you've you've been suffering from a back problem this just helps you with that kind of lower back lordosis and reaching that that neutral spine because it's just so easy to begin to slouch in that chair but actually you still should be putting reminders in your phone to take those micro breaks and to be aware of your posture rather than just be complacent and relying on a product again. So again, as always, maybe beneficial to support your treatment and management of back pain, but it's not going to resolve or be the solution in isolation. And I, and I think if you go for a lower back support, then it's a good idea to get one that you can pump up or deflate. Because that, what I find, you know, I I paid quite a lot of money for one of those, and I thought, I, I asked myself, it's if it whether it's worth it. But the fact that you can deflate and pump it up, it really makes a difference. It, sometimes you feel like I, I need more support, or sometimes you feel like I really just need a little bit. Yeah, and it's better to invest in something that's a bit more expensive that can be adaptable to you, rather than get something that is cheaper and ultimately isn't necessarily appropriate to you but actually you end up using it and and really it's not giving you the relief or or certainly it's not allowing you to be in the neutral spine that that really we're we want to encourage and want to ensure everyone is is aware of so i think um you know the mcgill design specifically is 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 a very good one uh, i'm sure there are others i'm not uh, aware of any specific brands or, or or otherwise but we'll definitely put in the show notes a link to to that particular one because i think that could be really beneficial for a lot of people it's something that you can you can take on on the plane you can take on the bus the car the train it's it's not a big device so it's something that can can be taken um and be uh, flexible for for your different jobs routines etc etc so we'll put that in the show notes but again don't become reliant and complacent on it uh, and with it 
you've got to look at the the rehabilitation program and developing that core strength and being more aware of your your spine health if you're really gonna resolve and manage a problem long term so moving on what about desk um these sit to stand desks because a lot more companies now seem to be supporting the use of sit to stand desks and again it's not a direct support for the low back it's not helping to brace the back it's not but actually these are really beneficial in promoting spine health absolutely and yeah you've got, you've got one yourself so talk, talk yeah. through that one yeah yeah i got one um it was quite an investment and uh but i was very excited getting it and you know having had uh, well, a very bad back injury in the past i uh, i don't like to be in one position for too long no. so that's why i was so excited about this desk and um yeah i think the the main thing is that it's, it's just the alternation between different postures just it's the same thing we've been saying the whole time in, in this podcast if you have the possibility to change your posture from one way of sitting to another way of sitting, it's great. But if you can go from sitting to standing, and you know, I can think of three main different ways of standing, which already changes the the pressures and the uh, yeah the pressure in my back. Then it it just allows me to to go for so much longer, and still feel good. Yeah, and there's another element to this actually, which which kind of HR managers and you know for those that working for businesses that are that have suffered a bad back and feel that something like this could be beneficial in terms of trying to get support for the introduction of such a product in the workplace, um, even if it's for you as an individual. These things actually, evidence shows that that they can help you be more productive. So not only is it a benefit for the lower back, but actually you, you're, you tend to be more productive at work because A, you're in less discomfort and you're getting that varied posture. Um, but again, in terms of your um, uh, direction of attention uh, and things, these things are, are evidence shows are, are beneficial in that regard. So if you're trying to sell it into the company, then maybe speak to HR and look up online how, how they can help you be more productive because if it's going to help you get it in there and get support for it, then then all the better. So... Let's just summarize those those keys. I mean, there's a lot of different devices out there. Let's let's be honest. And and you know, they're they're not designed they're not specifically medical devices. So actually these companies from a commercial point of view are, are promoting instant relief from back pain, uh, instant solution, instant res- resolution from back pain for some of these products. So be aware of that. That's another point because they don't need specific evidence to be able to market and promote these products. So you've got to be aware of that. These are not classed as medical devices, and so there's not the need uh, and the, uh, I guess, the the rules and regulations in place to, to to ensure that evidence is there in support of these products. So you've always got to take some of these advertising messages with a pinch of salt. Now, some of these devices could be beneficial. You've got the foam rollers or variants of. As long as you're using those appropriately, then they can be beneficial for for management of low back pain but really that's in terms of increasing mobility in the upper mid to upper back that's the aim of those and make sure that that foam roll is is in parallel to the spine it runs along your spine and your head and your lower back is supported on that product 
that can be useful. Five, 10 minutes uh, stretching a day could be hugely beneficial in supporting the management of your low back problem. Then we've got some of the other devices, some of these newer technologies that are meant to help with, with posture and meant to help to, to remind you of the way that you're seating and the slouching. Not necessarily hugely negative or uh, are going to increase your risk of a problem, but really it's a lazy approach and you're probably better spending your money to get some proper advice about your back health and proper advice regarding the exercises than you are investing in one of these products. Then we've got things like lower back supports for, for seated posture. They're really hugely beneficial in terms of helping you to keep that neutral spine when you're sitting at work. But again, as always, set those reminders on your phone and make sure you're learning about your back so that you're developing that core strength that, that goes with the use of lumbar supports because they're not going to solve the problem alone. And then a, a high-low desk or sit-to-stand desk could be hugely beneficial because it just allows you to to move appropriately. No one posture is healthier than the other. It's a variable posture. And so sit-to-stand is, is really beneficial and can make you more productive. So lots of other products on the market, but there's just a, an example of a few and where and where not um, you should be considering or not considering their use. Jacob, anything else you feel it's worth adding on this subject before we look to, to close on this particular episode. Not really, Ben. I think you've summarized that very well. Okay. Well, listen, guys, take-home message is any product is not a solution in itself. In isolation, a back pain product or even drugs, medication are not the solution to your low back problem as always. And we reiterate this message. You've got to learn and understand how your back works. You've got to learn and understand what a neutral spine is and how to brace that back and start to develop healthy habits in terms of your movement and key movements and start to develop that core strength. If you do that, then you never have to rely on a back support or a device and you never have to pay that money for that product and you'll get the reassurance that you can manage your problem in the long term yourself and that is hugely hugely valuable for people out there because it really does give you that confidence that you can manage back pain whenever you experience it so as always thanks for listening thanks jacob and we always ask get on over to to itunes as we develop the show any ratings and reviews help they help find other listeners help to solve their back problems help to grow the show and head on over to the website. We've got a free ebook to help you start to take control of your back pain within seven days. What do you need to know to start to take control yourself? So as always, thanks for listening and we'll be back again soon.